scary place. Dark shadows creeping in the moonlight. Unfamiliar sounds surrounding you. Stalking you. Is it a ghost? A werewolf? Or something more? Human. What would you do if you found yourself lost? In the strange woods? Join us as we discuss the paranormal, true crime, and anything in between with your hosts, Jeremy. Welcome back. How was your abduction? Jonathan. He's out there drinking deer pee and eating Slim Jims. And Peter. I think we're on to something here. Welcome to the Strange Woods Podcast. And doing the research with this, Peter tricked me into watching a freaking Joe Rogan video. <laughs> I watched part of that Joe Rogan video. F Joe Rogan. <laughs> I don't really know anything about Joe Rogan, but he's got good interviews. He's honestly, he did a pretty good job of just listening rather than talking over people. Yeah, that's, so that's, I can, I can that's something he that. does pretty well. But um, no, F Joe Rogan. Welcome Is to episode 11 of Strange Woods Podcast. <laughs> Are we using this? Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Joe. Well, I got something to bitch about. <laughs> yeah, ring it. I recently tried Starburst jelly beans and I expected them to taste like Starburst. What the hell? <laughs> They're just regular jelly beans. Yeah, the jelly beans taste like it doesn't matter who makes the jelly bean. Like M&Ms can make jelly beans. They're not going to taste like M&Ms. They're going to taste like jelly beans. Yeah, but they should taste like Starburst. No. That's the point. No. Are you sure they didn't taste like Starburst? I think he just bought, you know, Box, Bax, Brax, Brox, however no, it's pronounced. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. It says <laughs> Starburst jelly beans, and there's like grape in here. Like, Starburst doesn't have grape. Not in the normal pack. Now, Starburst does make a uh, water packet flavoring, and that does taste like Starburst. Does it? Yes. I'm going to have to look for that. They make, you know, like they make an individual size for water bottles and then they make like a jumbo one that you're supposed to just dump into a gallon. You know, I think I've tried that and I think I wasn't impressed by it. It was just kind of artificial and overly sweetened, in my opinion. I can agree with that. Yeah, that's how a lot of those are for me, especially like the sugar free ones. I don't really care for them. Yeah. Well, my issue is I don't I don't like drinking normal water just because it's boring. So I just get whatever, you know, the off-brand I'm offended. packs of water is boring as Peter, basically. I love water. Exactly. Hydro homies, come on. That, that explains a lot. I drink water just with flavor additives. <laughs> <laughs> so not water. It's, I mean, there's water in it. it it's based. There's water, water in a Coke. True. <laughs> there's also other things like <laughs> sugar. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, uh, today I think we're going to be talking about UFO abductions. Yeah, specifically Travis Walton. I think he's a liar. I don't trust his name. We'll let you decide. Sounds like a country singer. He does sound like... (laughs) Did we have a listener experience for tonight? Yeah, um, we're going back to our buddy Jeremy, or uh, not Jeremy. Hi, hi, I'm Jeremy. The other Jeremy. Mm, Less less good Jeremy. Are you about to cue that up? I got one thing. Before we cue that up, I got one thing. Oh, announcements. Oh, God. I mean, we're good at live reactions, so here we go. So last night, me and Hannah found out that we're pregnant. What? what? That's awesome. Hell yeah. Now that's live on the podcast. I wanted that's, to get some reactions, but congrats, that's man. Yeah, that's awesome. You were were you were you trying or was it just a happy accident? Yeah, I mean it was a it was an accident, but like and I don't want to dwell on it. The I don't like the I'm not gonna stay on the subject long, but I yeah from what everybody knows, I'm the one that's probably more spiritual. And in the beginning of January, you know, our church started a fast and, you know, I decided to do the Daniel fast and I did the Daniel fast for the whole 21 days. And while it's hard, you know, it was supposed to be a time of prayer and fasting. And basically in the beginning of the fast, you know, something at church, the the day the fast started, they were doing baby dedications and it, it made me just, for some reason I teared up a little bit. And then like, so we started the fast and I, that was one of the things I asked for. I, I basically just prayed and said, you know, God, I don't, I don't know what to think about a child and having a child. Uh, you know, I'm getting a little older, but please give me the answers. Yeah. You know, is this something you see in our lives or whatnot? And That's amazing. I guess I got more than just the answer. Yeah. So the, <laughs> you didn't get an answer. It's like, you know what? You know, you're, you're going to figure it. Here you go. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, I was in my head. I was asking for basically, you know, let me know if this is something that 
me and Hannah should pursue. That's something I want to talk about with her. And, uh, you know, I prayed about that during the beginning of the fast. And obviously I prayed about other things, but I mean, as y'all know, you know, I was basically 12, 13 years ago, I was told, you know, Hey, you, you might not ever be able to have kids. You know, you're not as, you know, strong in that, uh, you don't have as many fighters down there. So yeah, the, uh, they were, I was basically told that, Hey, it might not ever happen. And for 13 years, I, I basically never, I never didn't try. It was kind of always just a, if it happens, it happens. And it was just, you know, we went into the fast, I prayed for it and the, the fast ended on Sunday and Tuesday night we find out that we're pregnant. Well, That's you awesome. heard it here first, folks. The Daniel fast will make you potent. We'll have to try the Daniel fast. <laughs> no, but no, happy for you. Um, so that being said, we're before she gets too pregnant and uncomfortable, we're gonna have to plan a multi-family gathering somewhere. Yeah, we were mm. so we were wanting she even talked about like doing a, a baby moon, how they talk about just going on a trip, you know, uh before the baby comes like a last hurrah honeymoon style. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, everybody knows I talk about my other kids and yes, I'm, I'm a dad. I've always been a dad. I have two kids uh, and another kid that I, I still follow and talk to, but I've always been a stepdad. So this is my firstborn. Although I, my other kids always have huge places in my heart. And of course I'm sure I, I'm not gonna, I even told Hannah before, you know, I'm sure there's going to be times when I want to just go with the grown kids and hang out with them and let her deal with the baby because I've never been here from zero, but we'll find out how good I am at it, I guess. <laughs> no, you figure, you figure it out as you go. It's uh, I don't know. It just comes. No, you're, you're a good dad. You'll figure it out. It's awesome. So yeah, for everybody out there that follows us, that's, uh, that's, you know, part of this community. I just wanted to put it out there. You guys know it. There's not a whole lot of people that know, uh, slowly getting around and we haven't put it on Facebook or anything, but the parents, you know, both groups, sets of parents know her mom, you know, my mom and some other local friends, but it's out there in the woods now. So Hell yeah. I'm calling boy. Oh yeah. I'm going to call him Sasquatch. That's where I'm leaning. I, I was calling him. A, <laughs> I called it. I said, uh, you know, I guess we, we don't know what it is right now, especially since we can't go to the hospital or doctor to see anything. So I guess I'll just call it my little cryptid. And <laughs> she, she wasn't the happiest with that. But for some reason, everybody's been seeing our thinking girl over here on this end. So I don't yeah, know. They're wrong. We, uh, the, we, we, uh, if it's a girl, we did talk about some names and these, you know, they're not set in stone yet. But we talked about uh, Emerson Faith, which would basically stand for uh, Brave Faith. And then Everett Wayne, which would be for a boy. And then, uh, you know, that would basically be Brave. And then Wayne was my dad's middle name. So cool. So, yeah, I just wanted to get that out there, get some reaction from you guys. And, you know, you guys have always been big parts of my life. So I just wanted you guys to know. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, though, counterpoint, I would actually recommend, actually, whether it's a boy or a girl, going with Jeremy. I think that's <laughs> it's a great name. A good name. I approve. <laughs> Speaking of Jeremy. Speaking of Jeremy. Let's see. So we, we have three more stories from Jeremy, and I'm going to let you guys choose. Pick one, two, or three. Oh, we can start at the back and go to the forward. Three it is. Okay. Well, this is going to be an inter- interesting one for you, you guys. You chose poorly. <laughs> Hello, it's Jeremy Arp again. So my second story about faith and belief and the power of conviction in a psych patient's mind goes to a night that I was working on the unit and it was just me and a nurse. Now I knew this night was going to be interesting and why interesting you ask? Because it was a full moon. And before you start laughing too hard about that statement, let me explain. I have worked in the field of psychology for 22 years. During that time, I have noticed certain patterns. One of those patterns revolves around the full moon. Whenever the moon is full, we have more admits. Patients are more easily agitated and stirred up. And things just get weird on the unit. And that's saying a lot for a psych unit. So I was doing my room checks. And you have to remember, this is when our unit was only a six bed unit for patients age 55 and over. A lot of the nights, it was just me and a nurse. And that was one of those nights. We only had like three patients. I went into the first room. Both people were sleeping soundly. I went into the second room. Now I need to interrupt 
my flow of thought here for just a second. This is important information to the story. The lady in the bed was about five feet tall, maybe a little over. She only weighed about 90 pounds or so, and she was in her 80s. She stayed cold all the time, so we had plenty of blankets on her. I couldn't just look in her room to see if she was breathing. I had to walk in the room and really look at her. Well, that night was no different, or so I thought. I went in the room and stood at the end of the bed. I couldn't tell if she was breathing. So I went to the side of the bed and squatted down so that I could try to see the rise and fall of the blankets. Still couldn't tell if she was breathing. So I took a step closer and listened really hard. Still couldn't tell if she was sleeping. Now I try to make a firm rule not to touch my patients, especially when they're sleeping. Sleeping people are funny about how they wake up sometimes. Some of them wake up rather violently and even more so for psych patients. I did not reach out and touch her because, let's face it, I'm a male going into a female patient's room. Now, do you ever have an idea that skates across your brain and you think to yourself, this is a really bad idea, but you do it anyway? Yeah, I had one of those. My great idea was to get even closer to the bed, lean over her face to either hear or feel her breathing on my cheek. Like that is so much better for her to wake up to see in my big head right over her face. And on top of that, I've watched way too many scary movies. And when someone does that, it's usually about the time that the person in the bed does one of several things. They either grab the person leaning over and attack them, wake up screaming bloody murder, or say something really creepy in an eerie voice. I hate being right. She did two of the above mentioned actions. She grabbed my arm and said something in a creepy voice. Our interaction went something like this. He knows you are here. I said, he who? The patient said, the dark one. And he doesn't like the cross you're wearing at all. Now I interrupt this part to clue you in on something. I do wear a cross to work, keep it in my scrub top, so that I don't have a, a swinging handle for patients to grab me by. This patient could not have known that I was wearing it, because it's never visible. So I asked her, how do you know that I'm wearing a cross? The patient said, he told me, and he told me that he doesn't like it. I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Is there anything I can get for you? The patient said, make him go away. He is torturing my soul. I should mention that she still has a death grip on my arm at this point. I needed to figure out how to get out of the situation without making it so much worse. So I decided to bring my game to a new level. Me, would you like to pray? Patient said, no, I want you to put your hands on me and make him get out of me. I said, ma'am, I don't think I can do that. She said, just pray. I said, well then, here we go. I started praying. I said any and all of the prayers I could think of. She continued to make noises at me and would not let go. At one point, I took my cross out of my scrub top and placed it on her chest. When I did that, she started breathing faster and faster. She let out this unearthly growl of pain, frustration, and fear that had no business coming out of such a tiny woman. Her back arched off the bed so much that only her toes and her, the back of her head were touching the bed at this point. And I have to mention that at this point, her room got much colder than it was before. I really wanted this to be over, so I started borrowing lines from movies. I'd also begun to think that maybe this was not as delusional or fake that as I thought it was. So I just I, I held my hands over her and I said, the power of Christ compels you to leave this woman. Be gone with your foul presence. You are unworthy to dwell in a child of the Lord. Leave lest God smote you from this plane of existence. The power of Christ compels you to leave her. The patient said in this deep rumbling voice, I am not done. You cannot make me leave. Well, at that point, I was like, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. I put the cross directly on her forehead. I said, be gone from her. This is not your servant, but a child and servant of the Lord. She is a daughter of God. You have no claim to her or her soul. Leave this woman. At that point, there was a loud snap 
like someone popped a balloon. She let out an even louder and longer yell of pain. And then she let out this big breath of air. She visibly relaxed and was laying flat on the bed again. Now, I couldn't figure out why the nurse that I was working with had not come in at this point to check on us, especially with all the noise and racket going on. I asked the patient if she was okay. She looked at me and she said, he's gone. He's not in me anymore. You saved me. And I just smiled and said, okay, well, try and get you some rest. I'll let the nurse know if you need anything. I walked to the nurse's station. I looked at the nurse and I said, um, where were you? And she said, what are you talking about, Jeremy? I said, you didn't hear all that noise right across the hallway in that room? She said, Jeremy, I didn't hear anything. That's where I started to believe that what was going on really happened. Like there was a cone of silence on that room because whatever she had did not want to be heard. I explained to the nurse what was what had happened and asked, I was like, so how do we write this one up? She said, Jeremy, we don't. On your ob sheet, put patient was sleeping and was comfortable and relaxed. I'll chart the same. I just, some. Sometimes stuff like that happens and there's no real explanation for it. But she never heard anything that happened in that room. So what do y'all think about that? That I don't know what to think about that. They <laughs> I didn't mean to open up with saying, you know, I was spiritual and then lead into <laughs> us talking about a spiritual experience, but uh, I actually wasn't prepared for tonight. My head's just been everywhere with what's going on, but the, uh, that's a interesting, a very interesting experience. The I've heard other stories, like many other stories, that talk about like, um, especially in sleep paralysis. Like people say, if you just speak His name, meaning the name of Jesus or God, that the experience sometimes ends. Like the, the going by just back to the power in His name. I mean, that's uh, that's a crazy experience. I mean, I don't think that's the first experience that I've heard like that. Uh, I would like to believe that maybe he, you know, he did help her out. The and as far as the sound being contained to the room, I, I could definitely see where whatever was in the room would have put a block on everything outside the room. Like, there's people that can have husbands and wives that can have crazy experiences, especially like in sleep paralysis, where the person sleeping right next to the other person can be completely panicking and freaking out and everything else. And then the other person sleeps straight through it. And, you know, finally that person <laughs> snaps out of it and wakes the other person up and they're like, you didn't hear nothing. You didn't see nothing. Like, and the answer is always goes back to no. Cause there's, yeah. if there is power like that out there, it can do and manipulate things in the way that it needs to or wants to. Yeah. yeah no, I got you good. I guess I would say I got I got nothing, man. That one's that one's wild. Uh, that's, <laughs> uh, but I know just from my own experience with my, my really weird sleep paralysis, and uh, there was like you know a heaviness I felt on myself I couldn't explain for a while, and it's like the instant that it snapped and went away, you can just feel that it's gone. So I guess I I know what she was feeling in that moment. Whenever finally that whatever burden on her was was lifted. Um, so I guess it's awesome that he was able to help her. Yeah, whether it was an actual like demon type of thing or if it was just, you know, her being mentally ill, either way, it seems like he was able to help, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. It is cool. And I'm just going to, you know, I'm always the believer. So I'm sticking with the, he probably did do something. There was something on her that, you know, she needed to get out. Yeah. When, when he first sent that story to me, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was like, this is crazy. So to so to pull this uh so to pull everything back down to from the spiritual side to something that's a little more tangible, let's talk about tonight's topic. Uh tonight we're here to talk about UFOs and we're gonna dig into this. Uh one of the most famous cases and is one of the ones we're gonna cover. Uh and it it becomes the most famous just because of how notable everything was that took place. There's been multi, multiple polygraphs done. There's multiple witnesses. There's multiple people involved in this. I mean, this went into a full-scale manhunt for a little bit. Um, and it's not that long in our past. Uh, I know, yeah, was, like I said earlier, my head's, yeah, 
<laughs> oh, 75. Yeah. No, I was, no, I was on a different, I was looking at something different. I had something that said 1997. Oh, you said 75? Yeah. 95. It, it happened in 75. Oh, okay. 75. I wrote down 95 for some reason. I just realized that, um, Travis Walton, the guy we're talking about, the way he combs his hair and his mustache, he looks like Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. I don't know why I find that funny. <laughs> nice. Who? It's, the My Pillow you know who guy. The My Pillow guy. That dude made millions oh, of a does. pillow. He I'm not saying it's the same guy, but I'm saying I've never seen them in the same place at once. I'm just saying that. I mean, yeah, true statement. So yeah, in November 5th, 1975, 22-year-old Travis Walton was riding home with his logging crew of six guys. They noticed a glow coming through the trees. They didn't think much of it and kept driving down the dirt road. Eventually, they came to a clearing where the glow was coming from and they couldn't make sense of what they were seeing. They saw what he described as being a metallic, classic disc-shaped craft glowing kind of a golden color coming from the surface of the craft. So Travis Walton jumped out of the truck, ran toward it like a jackass. Balls. Balls. <laughs> no, no. So zero. Zero like survival self-preservation instincts. Yeah, like, yeah, one of the two. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you doing? What, what, why'd you get back in the truck? No, but I, but I just want to point this out. We are talking about like Probably some hard ass men. I mean, probably so. I mean, they were loggers. Yeah. I mean, literal lumberjacks. Yeah. I'm thinking these dudes are, you know, out there chewing bark and spitting nails. I mean, like, they're probably not just some running a mill pansy dude driving through the woods. Oh, no, for sure. You know, so apparently Travis Walton was like a, uh, he drove a Harley, of course. And uh, like, there were stories of him. He'd be riding around and like, I think like they had like a bear approach them or something. He just straight got out the vehicle and just chased the bear off. Holy shit. Like, yeah, like he just, <laughs> he don't care, man. I'm telling you. So apparently he, uh, when he jumped out of the truck, he ran toward it and got down behind a log because I guess he thought better of it after running it toward it um the crew were calling for him to get out of there so they can leave and he was about eight to ten feet away and the crew saw some kind of uh beam of light strike him like a lightning bolt kind of thing and it like lit up the whole dark forest and they said it it was so bright it it looked like daytime for a second so we're thinking uh, i mean like in my head I go to the classic image of the UFO over like a cow pasture and a cow being beamed up. Yeah, like basically. The blue beam me up Scotty uh, particle ray. Yeah, basically. This is what this this is what he's describing at this point. But and I, mean, I think when it hit him, it made him fly back like a few feet, which is pretty uh, intense. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, intense. And I mean, for it to light up a forest that night, I mean... I'm thinking they're, you know, deep in the woods, deep in the mountains. Cause I mean, we're talking about Arizona. So, and I, I love Arizona. I've been to Arizona many a times. I don't remember exactly what city this is, but mostly, most of your forestry in Arizona is going to be towards the mid to center line when you get up towards Flagstaff and up through this area. So yeah, I, mean, I think that's where it was, um, somewhere near Flagstaff. I remember looking and it wasn't far from where we were in Gallup. Ah, gotcha. I think it was in Snowflake. Yeah, just south of uh, the Petrified Forest National Park. Travis <laughs> Walton ain't no snowflake. <laughs> Actually, Arizona, not a lot of forests, I guess. I mean, we're desert. I don't know about Arizona, but there's more in uh, New Mexico than I ever thought where we lived there for a little while. Um, we were up in a forested area in Ruidoso, pretty area. True, true. I mean, Snowflake, uh, I'm looking at a map now. Snowflake, yeah, like you said, it's uh, not far from petrified forests and things like that. Um, it is in that green belt of Arizona. Flagstaff heading south. Um, and that green belt, when I say that, I'm... It's kind of goes from Flagstaff down in like a southeasternly direction. And you know what I find odd? I'm just going to point this out. Um, we're not, this is not far off the Apache reservation. And I only say that because I always find it interesting that in Native American culture, we find a lot of cryptids and legends and things like that. I know we've never tied aliens to them before, and I'm not trying to now. I just find it. Interesting that it's not far from the reservation. Yeah, I, I believe the incident itself happened in the Apache Sit Greaves National Forest. And I oh, think well, maybe they were from Snowflake. 
That would make sense. Sit, Sit Greaves is in the green belt there. Yeah. yeah. I, looking at the map, I, I imagine they must have been working south of Snowflake. Yeah. No, actually, so I did I did Google um, some coordinates on, I guess, where it happened at. And it's like 30 miles away from the, the reservation. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely not far. It, and all that being said, I'm just thinking back to this light. So we had six guys that all see this light. This part of the of Arizona, on the reservation land, out here in the mountains, out here in the woods, we're talking about dark. Like Flagstaff is registered as a dark sky city, meaning that it's you know it's got an observation tower on top of one of the mountains in Flagstaff. It's a perfect spot to see the stars if you want to go to Arizona to see stars. Flagstaff is beautiful, but a lot Arizona has a lot of dark sky zones. So we're talking about a very dark area, not very highly populated, not very much light. So a light bright enough to light up the forest and look like daylight. We're talking about something. It's bright. Insanely bright. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say the way he was describing it, it wasn't just like, you know, the original light that caught their attention. It wasn't like a beam. It was just like this almost fog of light that just yeah, emanated it was like hard throughout to describe. the area. Yeah. Which to me would be really, really cool to see, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I imagine it how I imagine like radioactive glowing would look. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently he, uh, <laughs> the crew went into a panic after they saw him get struck by the beam of light or whatever it was. And they all got the truck and fucked off. <laughs> they they, get, they like got out of there. Well, because they have survival instinct. Yeah. Travis doesn't. Deuces. A little while later, they decided to turn around, go back to see if they could help him and uh, they couldn't find him anywhere. So they, I, I guess, the, I guess they gave him, I don't know if they just drove by and like, oh, don't see him. Bye. <laughs> or if they actually got out and like searched for him. But I imagine if I was there, I probably would have just like left, you know, like I think that would have scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I mean, that's well above my pay grade, man. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Get a professional. But uh, they, they went, talked to the police and I think the, I don't know if they all went back, but I think the the boss guy driving went back with the police and they did a quick search because they were trying to prove them wrong. Like, because, you know, six guys show up talking about their friend got taken by a, a spaceship. I mean, you probably think they're full of shit. Oh, yeah. It's easy. The cops were immediately like, yeah, you killed your friend and you're making up a <laughs> some type oh, of yeah. story to cover it up. Many people accused them of, uh, of murder, but they stuck to their story. They, uh, it was treated initially as a missing person case. They, um, the Arizona police searched with dogs and helicopters for five days, and the search came to an end just after midnight on November 10th, so five days. Travis woke up lying face down on the side of the road miles from where he disappeared. And he said as he woke up, he saw a metallic craft flying away from him into the night sky. So he got to his feet, ran to find help where he eventually found a phone booth at a local gas station and contacted his family. And he thought he was only gone, you know, like he just kind of woke up. He didn't really remember too much. And he was shocked to find out he was gone for five days. He apparently lost 12 pounds and had grown five days of facial hair. So let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> this is the classic. I think this has been in a lot of movies. The guy, some guy wakes up, don't know where he's at, walks into a, a diner and he's like dazed and confused. That's no, a different movie. But no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just mean it's a classic trope. At this oh, yeah. Point. And it probably comes from this guy, honestly. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that many movies have been based off of this. The, uh, I mean, so we go from alien abduction almost into true crime where everybody in town's thinking these guys have murdered him and just they're trying to all help cover it up. I'm sure the cops are going out there trying to look for a body over looking for. I mean, they're looking for a gravesite. They're thinking this dude's dead. Right. I mean, so I was watching one, one of the videos that Peter sent us and during the actual search for him, you know, they had the police out, whatever, spreading out, looking for things. And they got his, his coworkers or whatever, you know, were out there and they saw two guys with what they thought was a metal detector out there. And, um, so they approached him like, you know, what are you doing? And they're like, Oh, this is checks for radiation. And like, Oh, and they're like, well, you, we were there that night. Do you want to see if any of the residual radiations on us, you know? So they kind of checked the guys out and didn't come up with anything, but you know, then it dawned upon them that they had changed their clothes, you know, since whenever that happened. So they, well, our hard hats were there. And so they ran the 
whatever the radiometer, I don't even know what the, the term is for it, over their hard hats. Isn't that a Geiger counter? Perhaps, perhaps. And it apparently like pegged out, you know, picked up radiation. And so the the guys all kind of looked at each other, whatever these men with the radiation detector. Men in black. Yeah, the men in black, they looked at each other and then they just left. And then so confused, these coworkers went to the police like, what was up with these guys check for radiation? And the, the police were like, what are you talking about? There's no one else out here looking for stuff. And then they could never find, you know, these alleged people again. Oh yeah, and definitely so, in men in black. Definitely men in black. They knew what they were out there yeah, looking I'm, for. I agree with that. I want to mention this. This is uh this gets me right here. Arizona police searched with dogs. I just I'm curious to know like I, I fully trust the dog. Like there's been many a dogs that sniffed out trails for miles, can find people anywhere. They can find, you know, there's dogs trained to sniff bombs, everything. There's I mean, they can smell if a body is buried three feet in the ground. So I'm I mean, I'd be hella curious to know that these dogs just walk in circles and look up and say, hey, I don't know, boss. Like he went up, he went that yeah, way. The, sm- the smell goes <laughs> up. It's weird. I mean, and then uh, the, the five days thing like poke just kind of like, it's cur- like, I don't know. It sticks out to me. November 5th, 1975, five days. Uh, I don't know. The numerology thing, uh, it, the five just sticks out to me. I don't know if it's going to play more into the story later, but. I find it. He has five fingers on each hand. Oh, oh, and toes. And he came back on the tenth day, and there's ten fingers. Oh, I think we're on to something here. We have solved it. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're done. Oh, and listen to this: five of the six witnesses <laughs> that were given polygraph tests passed it um, while he was gone, and the one that didn't pass walked out before completing the test because he thought they were trying to pin a crime on him. Well, also, he he couldn't finish it because then it would have been six past polygraph tests. And that well, just yeah, we're fit. trying to keep the five going. Yeah, that he knew it somehow. Out. So he was the alien. But Travis himself also passed the polygraph and uh, they did all kind of tests on him. And they found they concluded that no drugs were in his system. But he did apparently have some kind of puncture wound on his arm. But I did read somewhere that it's suggested that... Uh, I don't know if it's fact or not, but somebody alluded to him having a drug problem at the time. So maybe that's where the puncture came from. Yeah. It could have just been a plasma donor. Yeah. I for real donate plasma and the little hole in my arm almost looks like a garage door. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, if it just rolled up, it'd be a little easier. Oh, well, what's wild is, you know, like from what I was reading, the person that administered the polygraph test is, I guess, proud of his own work, you know, and, and it's, it's known people can easily if you know how to do it, you know, whatever, uh, get through a polygraph test while lying. But like the odds of this many people passing it and also having the story be the same. And clearly they all experienced something together. Um, and I don't, I don't think they were lying about what they think they saw. Yeah. And that, that sticks out too to me. Cause I mean, they, I read somewhere that they stuck with this story for over 40 years. Like Nobody changed anything. Nobody's saying, yeah, okay, we were messing with y'all. We pulled your leg. This is what happened. No, like from what I read, some of these guys, you know, this followed them throughout their life. For better or for worse. Yeah, like they didn't, like people didn't want to give them jobs because they were viewed as the crazy people. Like when when it's affecting your life, that bad, you would think, oh, I got to drop this shenanigan. Like, yeah, I got to support my family. No, like nobody changed their story. I mean- I think that leads to a little bit of credence. Okay. Well, to like I can't, I can tell my wife a story and a week later I'll tell her the same story because I don't remember saying it. So for these guys to over this long, remember, you know, the exact story, you know, that's, that must've stuck with them for some reason. Yeah. I, I can't remember True. what I ate for breakfast half the time. Same. How do the kids say it? Say less. <laughs> <laughs> no cap. Yeah. I realize I'm starting to get old when I see these uh, slang terms and I'm like, I, I don't have a clue what that means. Yeah, no, I work. I work with a guy in his twenties, and I don't. I don't understand what he's saying sometimes. <laughs> a different language, but apparently they've determined that. Uh, popular opinion. I don't think it was anything official, but uh, if he had been lost, wandering, or hiding in the woods, he would have likely frozen to death because the temperatures got down to like eight degrees Fahrenheit at night. Man, I meant to ask what time of the is in November. You said yeah, so yeah. at nighttime. In the desert in November, I would think would get pretty cold. Oh yeah, it it gets cold up there. I mean, obviously it's a desert, so they don't get a lot of precipitation. 
but it, they do get snow regularly. So it, it, it definitely gets cold up there. It, it blew my mind the first time we went the, to Phoenix. In Phoenix, in the parking garage, 101 degrees. Drive up to Flagstaff, spent the night in a hotel, next morning, frost <laughs> on the car. It's like 40-something degrees out. Yeah, I mean... The first time I I, uh, I ever got into the teens temperatures or like experienced it um, was when we moved to New Mexico the first time when we were doing travel nursing. And I remember we got to our hotel there and it was 19 degrees. And, you know, we grew up in South Louisiana. It rarely goes below 32. You know, we rarely see snow. I think we've seen snow here twice in my life in 35 maybe. years. Yeah, maybe. And it. Yeah, it just it it definitely gets colder up there than we're we're used to. So to to survive five days, no food or water in the freezing ass cold, no, I just don't buy it. So if if it was faked in some kind of way, I, I would imagine he had help. Oh like yeah, he, like he he definitely wasn't hanging out in the woods if this was fake. Yeah, 1975. This is before Slim Jim, so he didn't have one in his back pocket. No, I don't think it's Slim Jim's back there. But I mean, um, wasn't isn't Sasquatch? And it's not Slim Jim, but it's something else, right? Oh, That's, um, oh messing with yeah, Sasquatch? What, what brand is that? Jack Links. Uh, Jack Links. Uh, Jack maybe Links, maybe yeah. uh, Sasquatch brought him some uh, some Jack Links. Holy shit, hold on. No, Slim Jims were introduced in 1929. Oh, strike me out again. They were, so he could have had some Slim Jims in his back pocket. So he's out there. Uh, what was that movie with DiCaprio? DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> The survival movie that I'm thinking of. Um, anyway, he's out. He's out there drinking deer pee and eating <laughs> slim jims. Man, yeah. So I'm not sure how much he remembered after like disappearing, but I know he went through like some psychological things, like like where they they hypnotize you. Regression therapy. Yeah, I think he did some kind of regression therapy, hypnotism, something like that, and he brought more of his memory back and supposedly when he got hit by the light, he felt a numbing shock and blacked out. And he remembers waking up lying flat on a raised table in a room with a bright light above him and uh, three humanoid creatures standing over him. He described them as having large eyes and hairless, four to five feet tall with pale skin and large heads. And they d he doesn't remember them speaking or any changes in expression on their face. Was was this the first record of like that description of aliens, you know, having the short, big heads, large eyes? Because I know that's just become the the popular vision for aliens. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure if this is the first one or not, but I think they were described like the Roswell creatures were described that way, weren't they? I think so. Yeah, because they were supposed to be like three to four foot tall, large heads. I'm pretty sure they had a similar description. So it might have been in the vernacular, but he was laying on that table and he noticed some kind of strange object holding him down, he said. And in a panic, he managed to get off the table and the three creatures went after him. And he grabbed, he, he described it as like a um, some kind of rod that was made of glass or it was clear. And he started swinging it in their direction to defend himself. And he said on one of the interviews I saw with him. Can you all hear me at all? Check it, check it, yeah, check I hear it. you. Welcome back. How how was your abduction? Jonathan got abducted. He was gone. He's gone again. Can you Can you hear? hear uh, he's in another plane of existence right now. I hear you. He's typing. Or That's Jeremy's me. typing. <laughs> oh, you can hear me. I can't hear you. Oh, huh. um, <laughs> damn. So I'm talking to you from the other side. <laughs> well, side, side. <laughs> I've lost any so connection. You still don't hear us, I guess. It, nope, his, his wife needs to give him some of that Wi-Fi. Anyways, keep going. If y'all can hear, y'all can hear. Maybe it'll, I'll join back in. I like how he just keeps talking. You know, he has no idea if we're trying to say anything important. <laughs> Not that anything we say is important. <laughs> Honestly, this could be some like really big prank that his coworkers pulled on him. Like somebody just probably hit him in the back of the head and knocked him out. And then they just like brought him to a shack, you know, tied him up and pretended to be aliens. Well, I mean, it could be that or go a little further, you know, get into the conspiracies. What if this was some kind of government thing happening that they stumbled across and they knocked him out and decided, 
well, what's the best way to cover it up? Let's make them think it's aliens. Yeah. And then, because if, if they convince him it was aliens and he comes out with that story, the entire country is just going to think he's a nut job and oh, yeah. no one will believe him. And no and one will let's the keep government. him for five days and make it a mystery. You know, nobody's going to know what the hell happened to him. That's true. Make it have been the government testing some, you know, aircraft propulsion system or some type of weapon or something like that. Anything that would produce energy or light. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for them to cover it up by making him think he was abducted. Yeah. But he apparently hit one of them and he said they seem to be pretty light, like not very strong. And because uh, when he hit one of them, it fell back into one of the others pretty easily. That's what he said in the Joe Rogan interview that I saw. Um, so it's like, so it's like he was punching a puppet or stuffed animal. Yeah. Or um, yeah, just like something small and light. I mean, this dude fights bears, you know, so I think he, that's true. That, <laughs> maybe he that's not really, really fair, uh, <laughs> not really a fair comparison, I guess. They picked the wrong guy to, to grab, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they done messed up. Jonathan, you back yet? <laughs> I mean, he's there. He just can't hear us, so he's letting us talk. I don't want to continue if he can't hear us. Those, those Georgia aliens, man. <laughs> they got him. Yeah, because now he's not even seeing our text. <laughs> I'm still here if y'all can hear me. Can you hear us yet? That's the podcast. It's just an hour of us asking each other, hey, can you hear me? <laughs> it says I'm reconnected. I just saw that flash across my screen. Yeah, can, can you hear us? It's been uh, 12 days. 12, 12 days. Oh my gosh, guys. It's my Welcome back. Yes. How much facial hair have you grown? Oh, I mean, I grow hair facial hair fast. This is like almost my nips. True story. In junior high, they call Jonathan Roach because... <laughs> Facial hair was long and wispy, like the whiskers, whiskers of a roach. <laughs> I say it's down to my nips, the but I think the longest it's ever gotten is I was able to uh, grab it under my chin with my two fingers, turn it up, and it would touch the bridge of my glasses. Mm. Holy shit! Yeah, kind of long, but that's yeah, the I longest mine, I think it's ever been. I had mine long a few years back, but I was working like out in Grand Isle and the salty air constantly just made it super just brittle and ugly. Uh, so I ended up trimming it. Gross. Oh, I had to shave mine when I was working offshore. It was long like that. And then I had to go to a job for H2S or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I had to be able to do the, put on a mask and evacuate and or whatever. Yeah, uh, here's yeah. a, here's the stupid thing in my, my world of working is that if we enter certain oil and gas facilities, uh, they require you to be clean shaven in the event that you have to escape with a respirator. However, they don't fit test us for a respirator and they don't provide respirators. Therefore, <laughs> there is zero purpose in shaving your face. <laughs> that is dumb. There's my second complaint of the night. <laughs> the, the only times I've shaved my face in the past 15 years was for work to get into a facility and not even be test fitted for a respirator. Wow. That's so 12, 12 days, eh? So I beat Travis. Oh yeah, you're yeah. much better than Travis. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he would beat you in a fight. Ooh. But Travis, well, yeah, he fights bears. He fights bears. I thought I remembered hearing him say that the creatures he saw were gray and had big eyes and communicated telepathically. Yeah, I believe so. As all aliens do. They are at a higher form of being. They don't need vocal cords. So just to get back into it. Um, so he was on a table and he panicked, jumped off the table. Three creatures went after him and he grabbed some kind of glass or clear rod and started swinging it in their direction to defend himself. Um, he hit one of them and it, fe it fell back into the others pretty easily. So he, he figures they're probably like, kind of light and weak. Um, eventually, the three beings left the room. So Travis got curious and started exploring the spaceship, as one does. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean... I mean it's a once-in-a-lifetime chance. You, you fight off three aliens, what, what else are you going to do? You got to go explore the spaceship, right? You earned the spaceship. You're looking for all the buttons that say, do not push. Yeah. <laughs> Except they're in some kind of weird language. Yeah. yeah. Let's look for the big red button. <laughs> you think you think other planets like make things red that you're not supposed to touch like the way we do? I was totally thinking. I was like, if they don't want me to press it, make it green. Maybe 
Green would be good. I'm not going to press the green button. Well, like, what if we we associate red as being things like you're not supposed to eat? Like, red uh, red bugs might mean poison or something. You know, what if on, yellow, on their yellow, planet yellow. it's what? What if on their planet it's gray? So they just make everything like important. Like, don't touch this. It's just a neutral gray color. Yeah, good. Yeah, but that bo- <laughs> that button sounds boring. So I'm not going to push the gray one either. <laughs> but he apparently found himself in a room that looked like a planetarium um, and two human looking beings in spacesuits approached them and took him somewhere else and he believes that they took him from the scout ship he was in and taken to another craft so I, I guess he must have walked through some kind of airlock or something like were they in space were they on a planet I think they were in a government facility about 11 or 12 miles away yeah, probably so. Underground. Honestly, but, could be underground. That's yeah, possibly. I, I would agree he, with that one. He remembered them putting a mask of some kind on his face, and it caused him to blackout. And that's about everything he remembers, as far as my research. So, by mask, is it like you know what they put on you before surgery? <laughs> that's what I picture. <laughs> like here you I go. Mean, here, just take luckily, it fit the stuff. human face well enough to. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, fortunately, he was clean shaven. <laughs> <laughs> and after five days, it didn't really uh, make a tight seal around his mouth anymore. <laughs> so they had to let him go. But yeah, so what what are y'all thoughts on this story? Do y'all think it was, you think, you think he's legit? Do you think they faked it? Lied about it? Man, it's <clears throat> dumb. Wait, no, it, no, not, it is, <laughs> uh, no, that's me. That's uh, sorry. Deep underground Complete. military base. Military base. That's yep. exactly. Yep. I was dumb. God, I can't think of the damn word. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think Travis and his homeboys, I think they think they saw something like that. And I don't think they were intentionally lying to the authorities, but I think that perhaps they were deceived by something else. Yeah. I feel like there's no way five people could pass a lie detector test and pass it. You know, I, I feel like if it's not aliens or something like that, I, f- I think it was like government, you know, messing with them or covering something up. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past the government. I mean, look, we we haven't touched on this at all as a full episode, but I mean, there was a MK Ultra. The government will do some fucked up shit. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. We'll get into to, um, to those stories later with MK Ultra, and I'm sure we'll cover that at some point. But oh, I'm sure. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to mess with somebody. I mean, it would be a great prank, though, right? Like oh, kidnap I mean, somebody for five days, make people think he was murdered. It's just a prank, bro. Honestly, it's a t- it's a t- it's just a terrible prank. <laughs> like somebody you're, you're like you need new friends. Somebody didn't get the memo that Halloween happened. You know, uh, five <laughs> days before yeah. they were actually just supposed to leave him like in that cabin for like a couple of hours. They forgot about him for five days and. Like oh this shit, is, man. It, we're in mid '70s, so I mean, there's I'm sure there's still some some good hippie drugs floating around. I mean, maybe they did just forget. Yeah, I mean, mushrooms. Supposedly he didn't have anything in the system, but I don't know about the other guys. But no, I do find it weird that everybody was able to pass a polygraph. I mean, I at me as the believer, I do want to believe that something happened. I mean, we're I, now the police got involved, so that's local police. The, the government could still be involved and messing with them. I'm not saying that, but the guys got a manhunt going for five days. I mean, we had dogs brought out helicopters. We, we're seriously looking for this guy. So I don't know. I just think that it's something could be out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm more inclined to believe the story, but there's still always that little bit of, I don't know if it actually happened kind of thing. Yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be cool if alien life visited Mr. Mustache Man and brought him <laughs> on their ship for a couple of days, but realistically, probably not. Okay, this week, I do have an actual UFO sightings map. This one is... <clears throat> sure it's not the space this, station? It's not the space station this time. <laughs> so it's ArcGIS. So A-R-C-G-I-S. I, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, I know what ArcGIS is, yeah. Okay, so I'm looking at at Arizona, most of them are central 
Arizona, through Flagstaff, Phoenix area, some in the Southern. And there's one dot hanging out by itself. And I'm almost thinking uh, there's no city names on here. Oh, yeah, it is. This is the dot that would be associated with Travis, I believe. Mm, That's pretty cool. I was listening to one interview. Actually, it may have been, it was the freaking Joe Rogan one, uh, where he was talking about lightning. There's a lot of, he said, claims there's a lot of lightning in that area. But I was looking at a lightning heat map and like, there's really not. So I don't know <laughs> where he, he was, was saying that something information about, from. He was saying something about uh, the crystals that are formed when lightning hits sand or something. Like crystals, it's just kind of. May, maybe they were like, um, harvesting it or something harvesting these crystals that's nonsense it's it's basically just glass that's in a fancy shape now because the lightning melted it but they shot him with lightning so it seems like they probably could just make it themselves if they were hunting for that yeah maybe that's Um, what lightning is maybe they're just shooting lightning from their ships and uh collecting the shit from the ground or, or may, maybe maybe that area just has more natural static electricity and they were refueling their ship and they saw the local wildlife, you know, this dude out there. like, yeah, let me see what these humans are about. <laughs> then he started fighting them and they were like, nah, man, you got to go. <laughs> yeah, like what if, what if they're just, uh, they're just these aliens and they're just partying, driving around, you know, teenager aliens or something. And they just, they just want to mess with people. Like, ah, let's get this guy. Senior prank. Show and tell. They bring him to his class. We found a human. All, all I thought of just now was Marvin the Martian and then the, the big red thing that was always with him. We found a human. <laughs> no, I was going to say it's uh, it's actually part of the Superstition Mountains or whatever. Um, I guess that chain runs that whole section of Arizona. Which I know there's a lot around the Superstition Mountains uh, as far as UFO stuff. I don't want to Google too much and lose my internet connection again. I got to get a better <laughs> internet. But the uh, I could <laughs> dig into MUFON, um, which is, that's another website uh, I meant to throw out last week. I don't remember if I did, but that's the Mutual UFO Network. You can actually make reports there and different things like that. They track a lot of sightings. Uh, so... I believe, remember a while back I told you all about um, the guy who found the Roswell crash? Or not the guy who found it, but the guy who uh, investigated it for the military and that he was from our hometown? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe his daughter is actually one of the head people at MUFON now. Hmm. Oh, no cool. shit. Sure. Like out in California or something. So uh, if you happen to be listening, lady, um, come on our show. We'll talk to you. Yeah. yeah, come talk to us. That would be interesting. Tell us about um, Travis Walton. Maybe we need to roundtable with some of these other podcasts one day when I get a better internet and we can. That would know, be cool. Have more than just three people talking because uh, there's a lot of good people out here in this community that we're all talking about. Yeah, there should probably be someone that knows what they're talking about. Well, I know Hollow Sky has actually been uh, <laughs> getting together and recording live on YouTube, I think Wednesday night. So that they might have been doing it tonight, actually. Um, which kind of happens to be about when we record. So potentially we could get them on the show, maybe. That would be interesting. Um, you know me, I go off on crazy tangents. One of the things I noticed is Arizona, and this was a ranking that came out in June 5th of 2022, so not that long ago. Um, Arizona was ranked number seventh for the most sightings of UFOs in the country. Uh, number one was actually California and then Florida and Washington. Uh, and then for just throwing it out there for our sakes, Louisiana was 38. <laughs> Texas was actually number four. Georgia was 15th. And I thought it was weird. New Mexico was further down the list than I thought it'd be. It was 27. And then the least amount was seen in North Dakota at only 192 sightings and Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia, at 87 sightings. You know what I find interesting about that is a lot of that is either uh, like the higher areas, like you say, California, Arizona. California is right there on the coast and uh, Arizona is just on the other side of it. And I know there's a lot of talk about like an underwater uh, base potentially being off the coast of California, somewhere like Southern California, where uh, that is the true. 
USO uh, unidentified submerged objects because they'll see like discs fly into the water. I mean, that's all that same kind of area. And looking at the ArcGIS map that you were showing me, um, if you zoom all the way out to the whole country, mm -hmm. it seems to be hardly anything in the middle of the country and on either side near the oceans, it seems to be pretty high uh, hotspots. So maybe true, there is true. something to them being in the water. So they're Atlanteans. Or Pacificians. <laughs> uh, my kids like to call it the Atlantic, I mean the Atlanta Ocean. The Atlanta uh, Pacific. Ocean. <laughs> Atlanta Ocean or the Pacific Ocean. The specific ocean? <laughs> yeah, specific. The, the yeah, specific ocean. The other day, me and Macy <laughs> was talking about random things and we said, do squirrels poop? <laughs> I mean, you see rabbit turds everywhere. I know what a horse poop looks like. I know what cow poop looks like. Do squirrels uh, poop? Oh, God. You had, all right, hold on. <clears throat> <laughs> Here we go. Jeremy's going to order some squirrel poop to dig through no. like he does with a... Dude, have you ever seen a toad poop? No. I've seen our leopard gecko poop. Hold on. Squirrel poop is like these little like nuggets. It kind of yeah, looks like, like rat poop. poop. kind of looks like rat poop, but like more bubbles and larger. Here's the thing. So one of the students at the school my wife teaches at. Holy um, shit. They asked one day, Miss Smith, what does toad poop look like? And she's like, you know what? I don't know. Uh, so she looked it up and they make giant turds. Like, Holy crap. So a lot of times if ever you wake up in the morning and it's like, man, there must have been a raccoon or a cat take a dump on my sidewalk. No, it was probably a toad. Their, oh. their dumps are huge. I would definitely think that was a small dog turd. It's like the size of the toad. So I'm saying, man. Oh my God. So people out there on the internet, <laughs> this is a good video. Hold on. <laughs> this is in 4K. A 4K turd. Owls have been long associated with, with what in the world am I looking at? Skip to about a minute and 35 seconds. Oh God. That's monster. Oh no, it's leaking. That's diarrhea. <laughs> Did they just like Toad. hang around with a toad? Holy crap. <laughs> do they just hang around a toad to wait for it to poop? Like, how do they know he's going to poop? Um, That's like half his body weight. I'm saying, man, they make giant turds. <clears throat> anyway, Why am I'm I watching this. You had to bring up poop. <laughs> I didn't start this conversation. Hey, owls have been associated with aliens before. Uh, what's that movie, The Fifth Kind, or about Alaska and aliens and owls? I I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> the fourth kind, I think, is what I was you're talking about. Maybe maybe it is the fourth kind. I was going to say maybe if we looked at owl poop, which I know that's owl pellets. Well, I'm but pretty sure Jeremy and his kids well, has owl, uh, ordered owl, owl pellets. Owl pellets are um, regurgitated, not poop. So that they throw that up. Oh, That's the part really? they, they can't okay. they can't digest piece like they can't digest the hair and the bones. So they just kind of regurgitate it up. Have you ever found anything <laughs> alien? No, um, a lot of like mouse and mole heads. Have you seen a featherless or, owl? I've sent y'all the picture. Okay. Yeah, I think I sent y'all the picture of what I made with uh, the, the remains from the owl pellet. Right? No, I don't think so. I don't, Did I, don't I not know. share that? Holy shit, you're going to like it. It's really cool. Oh, earlier I said that I was writing down, I thought that the Travis thing happened in 1995. I was writing that down because I thought it was very interesting. And maybe this could be a topic on its own or at least be brought into another UFO one to dive deeper into it. Um, in 1997, so I was thinking it was only two years after the Travis thing, is when the first sighting of the Phoenix Lights happened. Oh, uh, that, that would be another good one. Because that was a huge number of people that saw that. Yeah. But in yeah, my opinion, that's what I, was I mean, there's no way that many people are lying about it. So clearly something and, happened. And Phoenix technically isn't that far to the west of where Travis would have been. Right. I mean, not, I mean, what he, yes, he was a little bit north and a little east, but I mean, we're talking about if so the Phoenix Lights, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, were seen over the mountains or towards the mountains, the Superstition Mountains, which is technically just the west side of the mountain Travis mountain range Travis would have been on. 
Hmm. He would have been on the east side of that mountain. He would have been, he would have almost, I mean, really not that far north or east of Phoenix. I just find it a little strange. I'm throwing all that out there. Yeah, I'm trying to find if, where the path of the lights were. It looks like... That's a better picture. Yeah, it looks like the Phoenix lights were seen from the northwest <sighs> to the southeast. The second one. You made that out of aloe pellets? Holy yeah, yeah, I glued all the pieces together. That's hilarious. Well, that is that is awesome. <laughs> I made my own cryptid. You can post that on the website. That's awesome. If that came after me, and I yeah yeah that's like that's beyond a cryptid. That if that thing was about four foot tall, three foot tall, and it was like crawling across the wall, coming at me while I'm in bed. Yeah, there's gonna be some extra holes in the wall. I'm unloading a whole clip at this thing. Good lord. Oh, I missed this picture about how the gray aliens look like chicken people. Well, they're, uh, oh, that was supposed to be a naked owl. What? Yeah, that was owl. Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. They got like big black <laughs> eyes. They're skinny, about three foot tall. I mean, I don't know if owls uh, are three foot tall. It's <laughs> big. No, no, this makes sense. This makes complete sense now. So if if the government knocked this dude out, Travis, <clears throat> they shoved him in like a grain silo or something, you know. And then the dude wakes up next to these freaking owls standing up looking at him and he punches one and owl's not very heavy. No, it, but it, the owl probably would have like scratched the shit out of him. I don't know. I, I, I think it's owls now. Of course, this guy I, fought off a bear, so. Yeah, I'm convinced this dude just punched an owl out. What an asshole. It, it's a, we need to cancel Travis Walton. They're small. They don't have any hair. They got big eyes. They're lightweight, dude. The dude described owls. Yeah, I mean, I'm, cha I'm changing me. everything now. It's owls. It's owls. I mean, but like you said, Travis fights bears. I mean, who's winning here? Is it Chuck Norris or is it Travis? I mean, oh, hmm. I mean, uh, something to think about. Though That's Travis doesn't look like a watch. <laughs> Travis. Travis looks like he'd be a puncher, not a kicker. You know. So yeah, there's another. I feel Travis. like he'd be like the old man fighting, where he's got. Like the one arm, like five feet in front of him. Yeah. And I think like he, he probably has like one or two like good haymakers in him that you don't want to connect with you. But after that, he's probably gonna be a little tired and wore out, you know? Yeah. At least nowadays. Yeah. He's getting up there. there oddly enough, there is another Travis that we all like that uh, likes his aliens. Travis Barker? The, the, yeah. Have you heard how much he's into it? Like how much research and everything he does? Are you referring it? to Tom DeLong? <laughs> Am I thinking Tom DeLong? Yeah. I thought it was Travis. <laughs> I don't know if Travis is uh, Tom DeLong. I don't think Travis gives a shit about aliens. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I thought it was Travis. That, okay. I thought Blink-182 and Travis, and I was like, huh. Hey. Tom DeLong is actually allegedly one of the big reasons why all those Navy uh, videos came out and all this, this uh, disclosure shit has been happening. Like he apparently uh, was in contact with some people in Washington and started like this whole company behind releasing these this oh, information. Yeah. yeah, there's a big, yeah, I know there was a company and everything. I don't know why I thought it was Travis. That, that was a dumb mistake. But <laughs> the, uh, I guess th just hearing Travis, Travis, I thought, you know, Blank Wire 2 and stuff. But yeah, Tom DeLong. I mean, it's still a T um, name, you know, you're yeah. close. Yeah. The, um, uh, I guess it's about that time to start wrapping things up. Y'all have anything else y'all want to say? No, now that, no, I think I'm convinced now that it's owls. <laughs> After seeing that. You picture. heard it here, people. Yeah. It's been solved. Trap. <clears throat> yeah. Travis Wilton or whatever. His, what's his last name? I've already forgotten. Walton. Oh, Walton. Travis Walton is a dirty owl puncher. And I think his friends just hit him inside of some building with some owls. Hashtag cancel Travis Walton. Yeah. It's a jerk. Whoa, that got deep. <laughs> you better you better watch it. Those one or two haymakers he's got saved up. He's gonna come find us. He's gonna get us. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. Um if you enjoyed this episode and you want to help support the podcast, please share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and leave a five star rating and review. You can also head over to strangewoodspodcast.com to see some of the things we mentioned in the show where my lovely wife Brandy is been posting all kind of <coughs> funny gifts and things that we talked about on each episode. Oh, and we also have shirts and stickers available now. So that's pretty neat. Merch. Got that merch. Get that merch. merch. Buy, my, buy our stuff. <clears throat> wow, my throat. <laughs> <laughs>
it's getting weird now and talking too much. I'm still sick. Oh, that's Travis. He's coming he's for got, you. He's got he his got buddies. You. Oh, yeah. Did you just see a blue light? Oh, did we lose you again? I think we lost Jonathan. Uh, he got punched out. Oh, Travis Walton got Jonathan. Don't mess with the owls, guys. If you have a story or experience you would like to share, send us an email at strangewoodspodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can type it out, send us an audio clip, video clip, whatever. We'll play it, read it. Um, if you want to be a guest on the future episode, email us. We'll get back to you and schedule something. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sharing and my little reveal that I had for everybody. And uh, I just hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Stay strange. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye. Peace. Bye. <laughs>